What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another, yes, another. I love doing podcasts. I love these shows. To the bus driver experience. Um, happy Friday if you're listening to this today, but happy wherever you are, whatever time you're at, whatever space you're in. Welcome on the bus because the bus doesn't matter where you are, where you may be, or where you're going. You're either on the bus or you're off the bus. No other way about it. And yeah. Um, Let's run through a quick uh, little stuff right here. A uh, huge shout-out to our sponsors, Ambry Gardens. Ambry Gardens uh, providing high-quality CBD, vegan, cruelty-free stuff. You know, I'm always skeptical about trying um, different products, especially if they are supplemental products, to adding things in your diet, nutrition, uh, of what you can already get from food. Um, I've used CBD products in the past and I've had a great experience. And since I've started using, uh, Ambry Gardens products, it's been pretty fantastic thus far. Um, I try and look at stuff like a placebo, whether I had it or not. Um, I've been using some of the nano tincture, uh, under the tongue, I've been adding that to smoothies, coffee, and, uh, I've been taking some in the evening time. Uh, I've been using a lot of the deep rub product. Um, really, really highly recommend that one. It's been fantastic, um, especially with the kind of lifestyle I live. Very little sleep. I could recover a lot more and use a lot more recovery through sleep. However, this stuff has been fantastic for me, and I highly recommend it. And if you use promo code BUSDRIVER, you're going to be getting a 25% discount on any and all products. Over at Ambry Gardens, again, I highly recommend that deep rub. It's been great. I also have the tattoo lotion I've been using on my tattoos. Um, don't know if they're popping anymore. You know, I get to look at them every day on my body, but um, it's great to use some self-care and uh, use some self-care on yourself because, you know, those things cost money and you need to be taking care of yourself. So again, head over to ambrygardens.com. Use promo code BUSDRIVER. Get yourself a 25% discount. And uh, yeah, if you really love this show and you love those products, it's a great way to support me and this company out of Colorado. And let's jump over to today's show. We have a Syracuse basketball in the elite club of number 24, Sean Belby on the uh, on the show today. Sean Belby is a recent grad of Syracuse University and a member of the Syracuse baske- men's basketball program. Uh, Sean is a four-year, five-year player over the program who finished recently finished his graduate degree. Uh, Sean is re- going to be moving into the area of NBA skills or professional basketball player skills development, um, looking to sign on with an NBA team for this upcoming season. He's gotten to work with a bunch of college and NBA players such as Isaiah Thomas. And, you know, on today's show we get into what it's like as a recent grad of not just being a, f- a former college sports player but having your season come to an end with the COVID-19 pandemic that's, you know, hit everybody. Um, you know, it's interesting to get a, a, his perspective on the, uh, and his take on everything, um, you know, because they were in the, in the college basketball ACC tournament and everything just shut down and the season's over and winter sports, ba- sports players are not going to get another year back into the program. So we talk about how that's imp- impacting him. It's impacting and affecting everybody in the college sports sphere. And, you know, even him as a new business professional heading over into, uh, the, the business space. Um, I'm also offering, because Sean's going to be our first Bus Driver Productions podcast scholarship program. I'm offering now four more spots. So if you're interested in starting a podcast and you are a college athlete or even a college grad, please reach out to me and I am offering you a college, a, no, not college, but a 
podcast education experience scholarship. So reach out to me on social media, reach out to me wherever, and let's jump into today's show with Sean Belden. Well, uh, that, Sean, my man, what's going on? How you doing today? What's what's going on, Brandon? Nothing much. I appreciate you having me on the show. It's an honor, man. Someone else yeah. to don the number twenty four jersey at Syracuse. The number twenty four jersey. It's legendary for those who've worn it. It is. I mean, Matt, I, who else we got? We got Matt Gorman. I mean, yeah, Cuse legend. Mm-hmm. But, but outside of that, I don't know if there's any other number twenty fours I can think. I of. I don't know. I mean, it's that that exclusive of a club. It's it's an extremely exclusive club, and I, I always tell people, um, you know, when uh, I, I originally started out with number three, my freshman year, I wore number three, mm. and uh, that caused um, me and GMAC not to have such a great relationship. He wasn't too happy I was wearing number three at the time. No, yeah, because like I didn't I didn't properly ask him, you know, to wear it. But uh, I mean, we're we're real tight now. We're like best friends. Um, Gary, so it's all good. Gary was mad at you. Yeah, it's a little disappointed in me. Um, <laughs> but that then is my so yeah. Jerry. <laughs> but then my sophomore year, going into my sophomore year, someone you know, a scholarship player, big time player, came and took number three from me. So I had to change my number, and uh, I went to twenty four. And I always tell people two reasons I switched my number to twenty four. One, obviously, Kobe Bryant. Second reason is Brandon Reese, and uh, that is because. Back in my day, back in my high school days, middle school days, I would go to the Syracuse practices and and watch this little white guy, you know, be the starting point guard for the Orange team. And uh, he uh, he motivated me throughout my high school career to to work hard so I could one day do that and be that position. And uh, and I did, you know, I was the starting point guard for the Orange team for for three four years, and uh, it was a lot of fun. So I, I credit you to my success. Wow! See, didn't get number three, but you got number twenty four. Yeah, and you did. Yeah. Have- how much that would mean to me right there. I don't think I've heard that full story, man. Dude. It's unreal. It means a lot. Unreal. Unbelievable. Yeah, dude. I, I got to get a hold of Jerry and yell at him for that. He's such <laughs> a Jerry seniority thing to do. Yeah. but He's great. No, he, uh, yeah, he's great. He's unbelievable. He started coaching when um, around my sophomore or junior year. He came back into the mm-hmm. program. Yeah. Yeah, he's unreal, though. He's, so, he's unbelievable. such a guy. I, mean, yeah. I haven't seen him in years, and I know he's got, what, like four kids now? Yeah, four kids, yeah. He only had one kid when I was there, so I can only imagine really? that, yeah. that baby's got to be, you know, seven, eight, nine years old. Yeah, yeah, his oldest, his his name is Jerry, his oldest son. Uh, yeah, probably eight, nine, something like that. I'm not sure. That's just a sign I got to get back there. Last time I spoke with Jerry, it was after I hit that half-court shot at a Miami Heat game. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, That's was, so I, funny. That was on a first date, too. Really? Uh, yeah. Really? We 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 stopped dating after that. I mean. Okay. I mean, you set the bar that high on the first date. Right. Exactly. Where where does it go from there? I don't know. I don't think it can go anywhere else. There, there's 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 too much expectations, not just on the both of us, but me. Yeah. I yeah. Put, exactly. I don't put myself through that. Right. <laughs> I feel you. But no, man, you got wrapped up. You're just wrapping up your senior year. It sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for everybody tuning in. Sean Belby, point guard, Syracuse University. Don's the legendary number twenty-four, and you know you've been a player there. This year, this was your fifth year, correct? Fifth year, yeah, fifth year, correct. So I mean, this is your fifth year, and you, you know, are experiencing COVID, this pandemic firsthand, mm-hmm. right? You know, 
what, what's going on? I mean, I, I in terms of like you know, you're, the season's fucked. No one mm-hmm. can go back and right. No, I don't know if they're gonna. Did they mention that they're gonna be uh, you know accrediting an ACC champion or you know uh, they did just a wash. They credited uh, Florida State to the ACC as the ACC champion, uh, just because they had the best record in the league. Um, they won the league, so it was just like they won the the tournament as well. Um, they gave them the tournament title too. Not not the NCAA tournament, the ACC tournament ACC title. Tournament, yeah, 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 but not they didn't credit like an NCAA tournament title winner or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's a crazy time. So it, it, it's nuts. Um, you know, it's what, what's happening at Q's. What are a lot of what's happening with a lot of guys in the program right now? I mean, are guys leaving? Are guys staying? Mm-hmm. Um, I know. I know uh, a lot's going on with like Georgetown. I mean, I saw mm-hmm. Matt McGloin. He's planning. Matt McGloin. Yeah, yeah. It'd be nuts if North Carolina gets him. What a good pickup. Right. Them. Right. Um, uh, you guys from Q's freaking out. I mean, how's yeah. uh, how's everybody doing over there? I think everybody's good. So it's like uh, we won. We beat North Carolina on that Thursday on ESPN, and then we were supposed to be play Friday. And we woke up, and we just thought we were going to play that game that night. You know, um, A couple of the other tournaments have can- canceled their tournaments, but the ACC came out and made a statement. They're like, oh, like we're playing our games tonight. Um, so we were real excited. You know, There were going to be no fans, but we were still excited to play. And then around 1 or 2 o'clock that day, you know, we got the, not- we got the call that we weren't playing. So we left right away from – North Carolina, North Carolina. We got on the plane, you know, with Birdman. Um, went right back to Cuse. Shout out, Brock and uh, Birdman. Yeah, yeah, the goat. <laughs> we'll talk to that guy. Legend. Yeah, legend. Um, so we flew back to Cuse that day, and then the next day, Beheim sent us all home. Um, just said, go, you know, go home. Um, and then we were all planning on meeting back in Syracuse like a week or two later, but then obviously things got a, le- a lot worse than they were. So we've all been home um, ever since, but we've had four people transfer out um, since the end of the season um, from, from Syracuse. Yeah. Um, so I oh, think wow. we're at uh, Jalen Carey. I saw that one. Yeah. Uh, Howard Washington, um, Bryson Goodine. Those, those first two are guards, right? Yeah. All three are guards. Okay. Uh, and then a walk on a walk on. I actually transferred out. Whoa, um, a walk on play, transfer. Yeah. That's, and, more, that's and, more buzz than the other three right there. Yeah, Brendan Paul, and then uh, he's going to play Division Two. Okay, sweet. What? Uh, why these other three guys left? And uh, I mean, um, I'm not sure. Moving in college basketball right now, it seems like it's a uh, lot. Yeah, there's. Uh, I think it's like the record, like like 800, 500, 600, like somewhere in those, somewhere in that range. People have transferred this year so far, and they're in, in the, like the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm not really sure. Um, you know, playing time's tough, you know, at the, in the ACC level. So um, I don't really know why they, you know, why they transferred, but um, I'm sad to see them go. They're all great kids, great players. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, they'll do do great at whatever school they pick to go to. Well, I mean, playing time is tough even just for Coach, Coach Bayham. Yeah, I mean, he, exactly. He plays a very limited Yeah, rotation. six, seven max, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, depending on the depth of the squad, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, nine is like a, a big year. If he's pushing right. nine, and I think like on my senior year, I mean, you guys think about the backcourt we had. Carter Williams, mm-hmm. Brandon Trish, Scoop Jardine, Dion Waiters, and I'd say I was the the, fi- the fifth guard at that point. I mean, I don't know if I missed anybody yeah. right there. And then, um, yeah, I mean, you even, even guys that are coming down from the bottom, you know, the Chris mm-hmm. Josephs. Um, right, who could play up top and play the top of that mm-hmm. zone? So, you know, it's we were deep that year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rakim, CJ, James, yeah. like it, it. We all there was a lot of squabbling with coach that year because everybody mm-hmm. wanted time and you right. Know, 
there was tough man <laughs> yeah it's tough uh you got to have some great times at Hughes. what was one of your uh, i did not your, your top moments but give me a, give me a good coach story your favorite coach story Coach story? Oh, man. You, you get to see Coach Beheim in ways no one else can. Like, There's like so many. Saying. Yeah. <laughs> there's so many coach stories. And I listened to um, a few probably about, about a month ago now. Uh, I think it was MCW and Chris Joe went IG Live. Mm. And they told the story about how you broke Coach Beheim's finger yeah. in practice. Yeah. And I just want to let you know that that still rumbles around the gym today because it's like, you, you know, you know, the drill when we're playing five on five, for some reason, he's just always walking on the court. So right when someone gets right down the middle, so when someone gets the rebound and we go push the fast break, a couple guys almost hit him every single play. Um, and it's unfortunate that you were the one to actually run him over. I've never seen it done. There's been a couple of really, yeah. The shortest guy. Of <laughs> yeah, of course. There's been a really a couple of really close calls uh, in my time, but he's gone out of the way just in time. Or people dribble around him just in time. Um, but man, there's so many good coach stories. I don't even know. Well, come on, you can't use that one. That, that's about technically. Uh, I'm, all right. Yeah, yeah, I'm just letting you know that that story still, <laughs> still, you know, is in the gym in the air. Well, I hear there's a legend um, that because he's got like metal rods in mm-hmm. his hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, cold winter nights, you know, he's got to leave his hand on a pillow and, you know, yeah. so cold out there in the winter times, they can feel it throb mm-hmm. in his right. head. So the ghost uh-huh. of Brandon Reese is still like just mm-hmm. haunting him. Wow. Um, just as a rumor. So it's a rumor I've heard. Yeah. I've had <laughs> this, this year he yelled at me a couple, he, he went off on me one time real bad during practice. We were playing like four and four. And uh, for some reason, one of our big man, like there was no one guarding him. This is the four on four rebound drill, right? Yeah, yeah. So it was like he was like a little extended. He was like in the short corner, and he was like trying to shoot a jump shot. But I passed it to him, and I led him to like the block so he could just shoot a layup. Like I led him with the pass, and he just watched it go over his head, and it just went out of bounds. And he screamed at me. He was like, "What are you doing? Like I'm right here." And I screamed at him, and I was like, "Bro, like just go to the basket. Like there's no one guarding you." And then coach, coach behind blew the whistle and started screaming at me and telling me I'm not the coach and uh, let him yell at the player. But I was, I was on the right. And then he started yelling at our big guy for not, you know, cutting to the basket for a wide open layup. Um, but there's so many, man. Um, he's a great coach though. He's a great guy. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I learned so much from him um, as a player. I mean, I don't, I still would say, you know, as much as uh, we didn't agree on a lot of things then and mm-hmm. Me and him got into a, a, few, a few arguments, you know. I mm-hmm. broke his hand, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> our, our relationship was a little tainted at that point, but you know, he. Uh, as I spoke with Devo in the show the other day, you know, if if you were out there competing and pushing and trying to win, even at practice mm-hmm. at a high level, you know, he, he respected that. It's just uh, right. It's just a different way of respect and love, if you want to mm-hmm. say it. That. Uh, that he shows, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's an old sure. school kind of way. And, uh, yeah, especially the way you talk to your players. I mean, he, he mm-hmm. runs a, he runs a pro style college basketball program. Mm-hmm. I would say yeah, 100% compared, compared to what I, you know, hear about a lot of other college players mm-hmm. and how it goes. It's like, you kind of got the reins to, to do what you want. You know I mean? Yeah. Our schedules exactly. are, are pretty busy, but we really have the availability and affordability to exactly. go off and do our own thing. But mm-hmm. it's, it's gonna, the onus is going to come on you to, to get mm-hmm. in the weight room, 
get those extra 500 mm-hmm. to 1,000 shots and stay an extra hour or two after practice. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I know we had a few guys that, you know, they needed a lot more. They needed mm-hmm. a lot. They needed more people on top of them, making sure right. the gym doing this. What what does the program look like now? I mean, are, mm-hmm. are guys slipping through the cracks? Are I mean, are are uh, are the you know? I, I think that would fall like on the assistants. Mm-hmm. You know, um, what, what's it look like now over there? That's a. I mean, that's a great way to uh, put it. I've never really thought of it that way. Uh, but it's you're right. It's really it's like a, it's like a NBA program. Mm-hmm. Um, Coach Bayham treats you like, you, you know, you're a grown adult. Um, he lets you, um, you know, make the decisions for yourself. If you're not going to stay extra, if you're not going to stay around pre- practice for an extra hour or two and get your work in, he's not going to force you, but it's on you to do that. And, you know, if you want to play and play well, then you're going to have to do that and make the decisions for yourself. Um, but, yeah, like we have a lot of freedom and a lot of um, time to do whatever we want um, as long as we don't get in trouble. So, you know how it goes. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't say anyone's slipping through the cracks, really, but it's just, you know, some guys, like you said, some guys do need that extra push, especially when guys come in as freshmen, you know, they don't really know how hard you have to work to, you know, to get on the court. Yeah. Um, so some guys do need that extra push from the assistant coaches, like, hey, we're getting in the gym tonight after practice, whatever, things like that. Well, especially coming from that AAU mm-hmm. and the way high school programs um, look nowadays, mm-hmm. and, you know, how much some of these guys are catered and treated you know that mm-hmm. you know hey you're coming to a program a lot i mean a lot of these guys now like are the best as freshmen mm-hmm. which is you know insane that you know they are able to again transfer from the speed of high school to college and then you know eventually most if those guys are coming and crushing they're they're able to adapt to that speed of college to pro because mm-hmm. you know going in from i know for me high school to college it wasn't necessarily the speed i was always lightning fast it was mm-hmm. oh i have to be able to manipulate my speed i have to be able to stop on a dime and then turn it up to a thousand miles per hour mm-hmm. if i'm gonna get around these guys get my shot up get a a quick little scoop layup because you know mm-hmm. it, i mean the, the way the game changes it just it's so much more refined at every level it's not necessarily mm-hmm. how would you say it's not necessarily you know faster stronger the individuals mm-hmm. are but you know, mm-hmm. the game is just so much tighter. And um, you see that with the NBA. You know, no, no guy's putting like five or six moves on somebody to get around them. Right. That, that's mm-hmm. street ball bullshit. You know, and you see yeah. that. Like, I, I feel the, the base, and I know I want to get into this with you because you've been working with a lot of NBA guys and college guys on training. It's, it's just so tight and everything, especially I've learned my freshman year from Coach Hop. Like, everything starts from like the hesitation move. Mm-hmm. And out of that hesitation move, like that's where you're getting your base read from. And whether mm-hmm. that guy raises those shoulders up or you know he backs up, you're getting that mm-hmm. shot or you're going by him. Right. Out of that additional between the legs or crossover or the combo move is mm-hmm. second. And I know you right. bring that stuff up in like your films mm-hmm. on Instagram. It's like, hey, you know, hitting that guy with the off step inside out, you know, it's moving on mm-hmm. a downhill tight angle so I, right. I want you to like kind of explain you know, how important it is especially to any of these hoopers who are listening or people watching because yeah the game is so tight on angles and mm-hmm. like getting to the basket in a straight line as possible mm-hmm. yeah um i mean like you said i feel like the game 
probably like a couple of years ago, it kind of went to that street ball, you know, nonsense where, especially in AAU and high school, you know, that's all kids were doing. You see on these mixtapes and things like that. Um, but I feel like now, especially in college and the pros, if, if you don't have the fundamentals, you're not playing nowadays. Um, you have to be able to shoot. You have to be able to dribble and pass and you even see the centers and power forwards stepping out and being able to shoot the three. Um, but it's just, it's all about the fundamentals these days, I feel like. And if you can't do, if you can't shoot, you can't be on the court, whether you're in college or the NBA. Um, so I've seen a lot of great players, you know, come through Syracuse. And if they can't shoot, you, you can't, you can't get, you can't be on the court really. Um, Cause you're just a liability. The game's so spread out now. I mean, you have yeah. to be a spot up shooter. You have to be yeah. a pull up shooter or else, I mean, yeah, I mean, the game evolved. There's no more mm-hmm. big men. You can see the yeah. last dance documentary, you know, the evolution mm-hmm. away from the center position. But, you know, it's right. forced people to be more skilled. So, mm-hmm. like you said, more skilled players mm-hmm. are the players who are being favored towards, you know. It's not necessarily right. they're taking their side, but the mm-hmm. league encourages that through the rules and yeah. and calls. So it, it's mm-hmm. interesting to watch the evolution of the game happen. Yeah. Obviously, you have like those those freaks like Russell Westbrook and Derrick Rose, who obviously aren't great three point shooters, but I mean those are just two of the best athletes in the world. So they can you know kind of get away with it a little bit. But if you're not athletic like those guys, you you have to be able to knock down the three ball. Man, watching their hesitation moves, like yeah, just nuts. Like, and I try and point that out to people when I'm watching the NBA with like a, a lay person, and, mm-hmm. you know. Or just a regular fan, and they were watching, right. watching. I'm just like, just, just watch that they're trying to get to the basket in a straight line. And when you mm-hmm. watch those hesitations they do, mm-hmm. you know those guys. I mean, just go at such a tight angle. They make that mm-hmm. hesitation, and they're yeah. getting that shoulder below the guy's knee to mm-hmm. go by him. Yeah, and like you said, you know, the, those athletic individuals, like the Derrick Roses and uh, Russell Westbrooks. I mean, they just mm-hmm. blow by people. Yeah. Um, but but again, you know, yeah. I mean, it's I, I don't I don't enjoy the regular season NBA. I think they really mm-hmm. do a better job of making that a little bit more competitive. Yeah, turn, yeah, competitive is the best way to put it because you know until it comes down to playoffs and the playoff mm-hmm. basketball ends up looking completely different. Right after watching the regular season, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's it goes way more '90s basketball. It, mm-hmm. The half court game is way more established. There's a lot more mm-hmm. half court sets. Than the up and down running fast break mm-hmm. bullshit. So, you know, I mean, what do you, I mean? What do you think about that? I mean, what, what do you think about when you've been growing up and watching basketball to see where it's at? Today? Mm-hmm. It's a lot different. Um, the angles thing is is a really good point. Um, I've you know grown up. I had a lot of great coaches. Um, my middle school coach was actually on one of Michael Jordan's championship Bulls teams. Um, but like, I've never, Which I coach? never was. Uh, his name is Tim Andre. Um, I don't think he was, I don't think he played a lot, but he was on one of the Bulls teams and, uh, he has a championship ring and everything. Um, but I had some great coaches and I, I never was taught about angles until I got to Syracuse with GMAC. Right. It's just like, I feel like people don't know about it. Like, it's just weird, but the Syracuse staff really like taught that to me and brought it into my game. And it really helped me a lot, especially, you know, going up against the trees, you know, guys like six, seven, six, eight, you if you're a small small guard like you know the two of us are um those angles are so important so it, it's it, i mean it's the syracuse lineage of coaching i mean it, it's mm-hmm. it's interesting because you know uh we joke about it you know if i'm talking with ryan cabillas the strength training coach 
if mm-hmm. I go back to the program or I'm just joshing it up or uh, tossing it around with any of the guys. And we joke about like how the practices are still exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I think we've done the same practice all this time. However, yeah. you know, even like, for example, like Mike Hopkins isn't there anymore, but you know, mm-hmm. Mike Hopkins came in under um, GMAC came under coach hop. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, what I noticed when we were there, you know, Jerry was learning everything under hop. Jerry mm-hmm. came in under hop, played under hop. So, you know, hearing that, that, that even like that, uh, that uh, philosophy is being passed down is like mm-hmm. uh, that's 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 a strong basketball culture right there. So yeah, I, so definitely. I love that because you know that's this exact thing that Hop said to me when I got there. You know, basketball mm-hmm. is a game of angles. I talk with Scoop. Mm-hmm. Scoop and I are close, and we always joke around about that. We're talking hoops, and just if you aren't like able to look at that game, mm-hmm. and and again, it's like what I think is important is you know finding real world. Um, not capacity, but real-world uh, – I can't think of the proper phrase or term for it. But if you can find uh, real-world application and mm-hmm. then bring it into hoops and you know, yeah. find ways to tie it in together. So, you know, with – I wouldn't say which terms of, you know, it would be physics, uh, what level of science. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, the fastest distance between two points is a straight line. Mm-hmm. So same thing goes in basketball. If you, you can't get by this guy and this guy's right. left and right. But if you can look at that on a very – smaller nuance level you can mm-hmm. say oh oh okay i gotta get mm-hmm. this guy a little faster what is going to get me to get by these guys faster right and i mean you you get to work with these uh you've been working with a lot of college guys while mm-hmm. you're doing this stuff and you've been working with a lot of pro guys what is it that you're teaching these guys what is it that these guys are asking you to work mm-hmm. on? what is like the the hot thing that people want to do right now mm-hmm. um i mean it's different the college to nba game is when when guys go to the pros, they think they just train differently. Um, they still work out really hard, but it's just a different type of workout. Um, it's kind of hard to explain. It's just a little laid back. Um, there's no the pro guys, the NBA guys. It's no GMAC. It's no GMAC six AM workout um, where it's just an hour nonstop. Um, it's none of that. Um, it's more you know more skills, more teaching. Um, a little bit more talking just within the workout, you know, how's your body feel, stuff like that. How's this feel? How's that feel? Um, a lot of shooting, um, just because, you know, if you can't shoot, like we said in the NBA, you're not playing you can't get on the court. Um, but that's really it. The the college game though, I I would go back to the gym at night this year and work out with some of the guys, um, just try and help them in any way possible, really, whatever they're struggling with, just things like that. Yeah. I've noticed that too. It's a, it's when the, with the pro guys, it's kind of like, mm-hmm. okay, it's already established. It's kind of mm-hmm. right now it's maintaining. Yeah. If I, if I got here already, I got to keep that shot. I got to make mm-hmm. sure I'm still keeping at that 30, 36 mm-hmm. to 44% mark. I mean, if you want to be yeah. big bucks, you want to be shooting right. that 36 to 44% from the third mm-hmm. point line. So I got to be making sure I'm taking those 26 footers Yeah, and, and I'm hitting them, you know, one out of th- mm-hmm. minimum one out of three. Mm-hmm. And, and then, like you said, it's just maintaining the body, maintaining the mm-hmm. body. But, um, and then with college, like you said, it's, it's way more skills based because you know you're not mm-hmm. there yet. These guys right. still got to work on this. They're still developing their game. They're mm-hmm. still refining their game. I mean, growth spurts can still happen. There's some yeah. crazy growth spurts that some of these these young dudes go through. Man, mm-hmm. nuts. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I. Uh, what is something that you know a lot of these kids can continue to work on? Because I know there's a lot of young guys that do listen to the show in terms of mm-hmm. uh, middle school, high school, especially when I have some basketball people on. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. what, is, what is it besides that angle stuff? What is it uh, besides um, tripling mm-hmm. work? Or is, is mm-hmm. it really just the jump shooting like we talked about? Because mm-hmm. a lot of guys, you know, jump shooting has become such a big facet of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's it's the jump shot um, and, and ball handling, I think. Um, I've seen a lot of guys who's like, they get away with it because they're so athletic. But if you look at them closely, it's like they really don't feel comfortable handling the ball under pressure and, and get into the basket and things like that. Um, so I'd say those two things are the main things that um, – a lot of college guys still have to work on it. You know, if they want to make it to the NBA ball handling and, and especially shooting that different, the difference between the college three and the NBA three, it's, it's crazy. Um, it's the, yeah, it's massive. It's that people say it's the hardest adjustment, um, for kids going to the NBA. It's and like, you don't, yeah, <laughs> you don't realize how far it is until you have to shoot like 10 or 15 in a row. Like I've been in the gym and I'll shoot, one or two pulling around. I'm like, Oh, like it's not that bad. But then once you get put in a workout where you have to shoot 20 NBA threes in a row, you're like, Oh my God, like it's so much farther and it takes so much more leg power and energy. Um, so it's, it's a big difference. Yeah. So you hear that kids get some jump shots in. You want to yeah. be a hooper. <laughs> you want to be a shooter. You gotta get your shots up. Right. We're not even joking when it's a 500 to a thousand a day. Like, yeah, that's what it was. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, even when I was accused, it was like, okay, you know, I'm 135 pound, five foot ten mm-hmm. kid, like, and I want to play, so I mm-hmm. got, I got to go get shots up. I remember even G Mac and Hop sitting up in Manly Fieldhouse watching me, and I had, I changed my shot up so much. My shot mm-hmm. was so inconsistent, like it would just yeah. like, try and change it for like every fifth shot, mm-hmm. and I'd be in there shooting for like hours. I had to convince some managers that would <laughs> stay and rebound for a walk on, yeah, shoot and shoot and shoot. But I mean. I mean that stubbornness and you know that 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 willpower is going to be the difference between you wanting to yeah definitely wanting to get seen and get noticed. Um, you, I, I, a lot of guys, especially whether they're college, they do play in college or you know walk-ons. A lot of guys in basketball programs seem to take, you know, it, it's tough to stay in the game. You know, because mm-hmm. I tried doing it, you know, going and playing. Right, it's, it's tough playing, and now you seem to be going the skills and coaching route. And mm-hmm. there's, and there's, you know, we'll, call, we'll just say a thousand. We're not going to use a million, but there's there's a million. There's a thousand other coaches out there in terms of mm-hmm. skills trainers. I mean, right. I remember Brandon Trish had his own guy coming into the gym. Mm-hmm. Use, you know, you have, these guys have their own guys here. They're, they're yeah from here. So you know, mm-hmm. how, how do you break in? You know, as as a, just a regular, mm-hmm. re, a, well, a regular, but just right. on at a, a college program. And what are you working on now? Um, yeah, like you said, man, it's tough. Uh, I don't think I'm going to, you know, try and go play or do anything like that. Um, I haven't played a, an organized basketball game. And besides from those little minutes of use in, in, you know, four or five years, um, but obviously I still love to play. But um, I think where I'm going to excel at now is just like the coaching side, the teaching side, um, like the skills coach, like, like what you said. But it's all about relationships. Um, these guys have to be able to trust you and trust – you know, the work that you put them through that you're going to be able to help them become a better player. And, um, I think I, I have a big, big upside just because, you know, I went to Syracuse, you know, obviously I was just a walk on, but being able to say you played basketball at Syracuse, you know, for four or five years, it, it gives you a lot of credibility. Um, so I think that helps me a lot. Oh, I mean, especially when it comes down to people asking about the two, three zone, you become right. a, 
a world-renowned consultant on the T3. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Syracuse yeah. University. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was talking with Devo about that, like uh, just talking about like how we're taught the T3 zone and then mm-hmm. it's just ways that no one else has taught yeah. it or tried to implement it in other places. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's crazy. Um, coming at, coming out of high school, I didn't think, you know, it was going to be anything cra- like anything special and that it was going to be, you know, too hard to play against. But if you're a, if you're a guard under, I'm going to say five eleven, six foot, and you're the point guard and you have to play against that two, three zone where you have six, seven at the top, six, six at the top, and then six, nine, seven foot, six, 10 in the bottom. It's, it's so difficult to play against. Even get a shot off. Uh, uh, it's uh, tough. We, man. we did it. We, we had a strong. My team. My team had. We had. I had a few good orange teams where we gave them a lot of good runs. But it's tough. I mean, we we had the we had that legendary squad. I mean, it was uh, Tomaszewski, Matt Lyde, Nick, and then mm-hmm. Griff was in, and then you know you had Nolan or Russ coming in. But no, nah, man. I mean, I. I, I, I studied so much of the scout team of, mm-hmm. of all the negative, not negative, mm-hmm. all the weak points of the zone. Mm-hmm. And I also just made sure that I was going to blow up Dion, Trevor, Mike, right. Scoop, and I knew all those weak spots, you know, getting right. to the dead zone. So when mm-hmm. that pass came from the wing, mm-hmm. I could dive in the lane and, mm-hmm. get, and get in between those yeah. guys and then once i got between there and the center had to mm-hmm. come up i have the dish off there the other mm-hmm. guy coming around to the top yeah or that outside screen right there or inside mm-hmm. oh man dude that i i cracked that thing on a, we were on a daily my my orange squads were lucky enough that when i was there we always had a scholarship player who was redshirting so it'd be four walk-ons it'd be me three other walk-ons and then a scholarship player um so we had we had some height to our team too, we, just like you did, you know, me, me and some of the guards. And then we had a couple guys on our orange team who were six, seven, six, eight. So we, we gave our starting five some real good runs, but just like you said, it's, it's a lot of fun. Well, I also think it was mentality. I mean, you know, we were all guys playing with me, you know, we were all, at least me, I was under the Michael Jordan spell, you know, I, uh, mm-hmm. We watched all those VHS tapes growing up as kids, and I was able to just say, like, hey, no, like, you know, I'm going to be the most stubborn competitor there was. So, I mean, I didn't care who mm-hmm. we were playing. You know, I remember you talking about you were yelling at uh, one of the guys for making that mm-hmm. pass. At Cuse, man, yeah. I was the biggest loudmouth. I was laying yeah. the people. <laughs> it was bad for Coach mm-hmm. had to say, shut the fuck up. Because <laughs> I, yeah. I ran – I. You saw the practices. I mean, I, yeah. I was going to make sure that I didn't care what five we had in there. Mm-hmm. We were coming out there to bust these guys' ass today. We're, yeah. we're, we are not losing. And I think that is just, you know, not just knowing your role, but I think that's such an important role just to have yeah. one of those characters. And I'm not even mm-hmm. tooting my own horn. I just think that it's just that necessary. Um, yeah. In terms of just having those competitors, mm-hmm. you know, um, in the game itself, because I don't, I don't want to mm-hmm. say it's interesting because after watching the Last Dance, you know the comparisons with LeBron and Mike. You know, I'm forever going to be a Mike guy. You know, right? Yeah, me too. Love Mike. Um, you know, and everybody you know makes the arguments for LeBron, and they make the arguments for Jordan. It's, mm-hmm. it's interesting to make the one to say. Well, I think Doug Gottlieb had a great one uh, take mm-hmm. on it the other day. Like, 
after the episode eight. Is Michael Jordan necessarily the better person? Probably not. Is he a better mm-hmm. teammate? People like to be around him? Mm-hmm. LeBron's probably a better teammate. Rob might even be a better dad. He might probably be a better husband. I mean, but mm-hmm. that's because LeBron wants to be liked. He, you know, right. wants to be, you know, it, it's kind of like the win-win situation. You know, I can go off and be the best player in the world and be the hardest working and can be the biggest asshole, but then also be liked the most. And, you know, that's mm-hmm. the biggest balance, you know, whether you're in life or sports. I mean, it doesn't work that way. And I think Michael Jordan actually wasn't a better teammate, but mm-hmm. as being that asshole, he was able to get more out of his teammates. Right. I, I think that was a lot of our success at Hughes. I mean, mm-hmm. we just had so many lunatics that mm-hmm. were just, you know, if I'm, I'm coming in, I'm not going to let Scoop have an easy day or Dion have right. an easy day. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to come in and bust your ass, guys. Right. I, wa- I want playing time. So I'm Yeah, I want to play. Yeah. <laughs> I'm coming there to get some time. I'm going to get mm-hmm. some time. So that ain't yeah. good. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's, it's tough for guys to find their role. In mm-hmm. those situations, because I mean that's going to happen to even guys in the pro circuit. I mean, if you're eighth or ninth man on an NBA squad, I mean, you may be looking at eight minutes a game. If, right. I mean, if you're lucky, and it's like, do mm-hmm. you want to be a journeyman in that mm-hmm. spot, jumping around from city to city, place to place? Yeah. And uh, you know, I think you got a an interesting look at that because I mean, you've gotten to work with Isaiah Thomas. Are you still mm-hmm. working with him? Uh, not during the season, uh, but. Hopefully, you know, once this cools down and the NBA, hopefully we'll get some time to work out before the NBA season starts again. Um, but, yeah, last summer, um, and then we just kept in contact all throughout the year, you know, through the season, um, just talking about his game, how his body felt, things like that. Um, but, yeah, we're really close. Yeah, that's an interesting story because um, I remember you were out here. Who were you interning mm-hmm. with out here uh, last summer? Mm-hmm. You came so I was interning for a guy uh, named Drew Hanlon. Um, he runs a basketball company called Pure Sweat. Um, he played division one at Belmont. He was a big, big player there, big point guard. Um, and he got into the training business kind of when he was a player. Um, so while he was playing at Belmont, he was working out like David Lee, who was at the time was, he was in his all-star, um, was when he was an all-star with the Knicks. Um, so when he graduated from college, he kept training and blew up really big. And now he trains guys like Brad Beal, Jason Tatum, Zach Levine, uh, Myers Leonard, Joel Embiid. Um, so he's like the top guy in, in the training world right now. Um, but he's really good at what he does. And how'd you get, uh, linked up with Isaiah? Yeah. So then, um, the last summer I was working with him and then I was in LA just kind of walking around at like this outdoor strip mall kind of thing in, uh, in Playa Vista. And, uh, I saw Isaiah sitting outside like a Froyo, Froyo shop. <laughs> and uh, I think his kids were, I think his kids were inside, like, you know, getting some ice, like frozen yogurt or, or whatever. And I kind of just walked past them and uh, just try to give him some words of encouragement after going through all his, you know, the things he'd been through. And I was just like, Hey, I team, man, keep grinding. And uh, he kind of just laughed. I was like, Oh, like, thanks bro. And then about 20 minutes later, I was sitting outside um, down the street eating lunch by myself and, and Isaiah walks by and he's with one of his buddies and uh, one of his buddies stops and comes up to talk to me. And he's like, hey, do you work for Syracuse basketball? I had a Syracuse basketball t-shirt on at the time. And I was like, no, like I'm a player. Like I have one more year left. He was like, oh, like that's so cool, whatever. Like Isaiah's looking to get into the gym tonight. Like you think you'd want to like rebound for him, pass for him, whatever. I was like, yeah, like definitely. Like I can get him in the gym. I have access to a gym out here. Like let me know. So he took down my number. And then Isaiah texted me like an hour later. And was like, oh, hey, like can we get in the gym tonight or whatever. 
So then we got in the gym that night and uh, I just rebounded for him, passed for him, did whatever he told me to do, really. Um, and then the next day he just texted me again and was like, hey, bro, uh, can we get in the gym tonight? And I was like, yeah, for sure. And like, by the way, like I do some training stuff. Like I'd love to put you through a workout sometime if you want some new drills. And uh, he texted me back right away. I was like, nah, bro, like I do my own thing, like all good though. <laughs> and I was like, all right, like whatever, like my bad. And then uh, a couple hours later, he texted me again. I was like, hey, like this time tonight's good for you. And I was just like, yeah, sure. Um, and again, I was like, hey, like if you want some new stuff for tonight, just let me know. And then again, he kind of shot me down. He was like, nah, like I do my own thing. I was like, all right, cool. No worries. Like, see you later. And then uh, like an hour goes by and he texted me back and was like, Hey bro, like I do want some new stuff for tonight. Like, let's, let's like, I want you to put me through a workout. Um, so then we got in the gym that night. I, I put him through a workout and uh, it went amazing. Um, and then a few days later I was in Vegas for the NBA summer league. And he randomly texted me. He was like, Hey man, like I have to go to China next week. Can you come with me? Like I need to, I want you to work me out while we're out there. Um, so it was just crazy how it happened. We ended up going, we ended up going to China together, flying out there together. And, uh, we worked out for like eight days out there. Um, and it was awesome. So he's a great guy and, uh, it went really well. How'd that work out with compliance and you going to China with an NBA player to train him? Yeah. Um, I actually <laughs> had to get cleared. So I actually like had to call Q's up. Uh, I called GMAC and told them like right away. I was like, Hey man, cause we were actually going to Italy like right after that. So, um, I was like, Hey G, like I'm going to China next week. Like, is that cool? Like I know we're practicing right now. Um, cause like they were actually doing like official practices before the Italy trip. Mm-hmm. Um, so then he put me in touch with our compliance guy and I just had to tell them what, what happened and things like that. And, and they got it cleared by the NCAA. Um, so it worked out fine. Um, and then I landed, I flew from China to LA from LA to Syracuse and then Two two days later, I was on another flight to Italy. Um, so it was kind of it was a crazy crazy turnaround. Who is running compliance for us these days? No, I don't think it's the same people. Uh, I don't. Is I don't think so. Uh, I'm not sure. He's this guy who like travels with us to every game. He's a younger guy. Uh, his name's Mark Wheeler, but he's he's a great guy. He's good at what he familiar. does. He may not have been working yeah. with us, but I think I know who this guy is. Yeah, yeah man. People people don't understand like how much you know, the NCAA really tries mm-hmm. to abide by us not getting a unfair advantage, so to right. say, compared to other mm-hmm. players, you know. Mm-hmm. So so even like, it, it, it's just nuts, the, the limitations that college athletes have, you know, you get mm-hmm. put into an unreal situation because of mm-hmm. the hard work you've done as a basketball player. Someone noticed you because you had a t-shirt yeah. on for Syracuse and you played right. there, you've trained with these guys and you get the opportunity there and it's like, you got to, ask your your parents your you know mm-hmm. it's, it's it's just a, such a weird dichotomy that still exists right um you know with the ncaa organization the control they have and the power they have over players mm-hmm. but i mean i'm glad you got to to slip through the cracks and make that happen because yeah i appreciate you know, for, it for the longest time i mean you know you gotta you gotta hide the stuff you do and the jobs you take mm-hmm. as an athlete it's it's mm-hmm. You know, I think uh, Zion Williamson right now is fucked with uh, yeah, with a, I mean, a bunch of you know cash that he probably took from all these different things. So, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think everybody who played with when I was at Q's, we all got our wins taken away, or at least like a mm-hmm. 2010 2012 gap with Fab. Yeah. So yeah. you know, you go from the winningest player at Q's to the losingest. Right. Player. I mean, Brandon Trish. Yeah. I think on his run ended up having the most wins anyways after, but it's just like. Yeah, it it just nuts. It's like 
in the end, does it really matter? Yeah. Does anyone really care? You know, right. have the two rings on, like, yeah, it, it's yeah. weird. Man. It's what do you funny think when that? like, it's funny when I'm watching TV now and like they'll put up like the top winningest coaches of all time, and it, Bayheim only has like 900 something now, and I just laugh because everyone knows he has over a thousand. Like the fact that the NCAA took those wins away from him just because you know whatever happened with Fab, whatever happened with Fab, and um. Obviously, rest in peace, Fab Mello. He's a great, great person, a great player. But, um, but it's just I don't know, man. The NCAA, they just I, I know they're they're changing stuff right now, and I don't know how much you know about that. I think starting twenty twenty one, you can benefit off your likeness. Um, so we'll see what happens. I don't know. It's, yeah, I mean, it's, I talked with Scoop crazy. about that. Scoop had the number one selling jersey. I mean, that two thousand eleven two thousand twelve mm-hmm. season. You know, and he never got yeah. cash from that. You still, you know, we can't go back and get cash off of those moments. And right. you know, it's just weird. Why don't we get to look at ourselves or our mm-hmm. families get to look at ourselves like investments mm-hmm. that they're making? In right. Us. And if someone wants to give them cash for the investment right. and the time they made, like, you know, they're not yeah. getting the, the money to go to school. You know, by the time we're 18, right. we're, we're adults. Like, that's going towards us. Right. You know? The sacrifice, the time, mm-hmm. money your parents put in is is different. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. there's there's so much more they can still do. Um, it, mm-hmm. It's it's good that we're finally getting a push and start with, you know, the likeness of the name. Um, I'm really glad that the mm-hmm. state of California took the charge on that and said, hey, we're going to just pay, our ath- pay all the college athletes anyway. So you guys don't right. show up. Not our problem. We're going to do it anyways. You want to break right. away from us? You want us to take all of mm-hmm. our money that we make away from you? We'll do that. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad, yeah. uh, you know, it's a bigger conversation in politics, but, you know, a, a stake right. control on that and, you know, look after players. Mm-hmm. Like that. And it might not be mm-hmm. LeBron fan, but I'm glad that, uh, you know, him and uh, Maverick Carter, I think, really took the, mm-hmm. what's his agent's name? LeBron's agent's name. Uh, LeBron, uh, Rich Paul. Rich Paul, Rich and LeBron yeah. really took the charge on mm-hmm. uh, getting these college kids paid. Yeah. And LeBron didn't even go to college. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I mean, I think we're seeing now what's really interesting is uh, the G League is finally pulling players away from college. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It was a top recruit who uh, just dropped out of, uh, I don't know if it was Duke or Kentucky, that he uh, left to go to the G League. Do you know what player that was? Uh forget his name there's been a couple guys who've committed to that new g league thing um but i forget i forget the kid you're talking about i think they have like three or four guys now though um it's real deal, yeah man. yeah i don't know i was never a big like fan into like okay like the nca should be like paying players like a bunch of cash but i always felt that you know if i'm on marshall street and i go into chipotle and the person at the cash register wants to give me my Chipotle bowl for free, I should be able to take it and not get in trouble. Um, but you can't. If you take that you know, burrito or whatever for free and someone finds out, you're going to get suspended. So I was always big on that, that you should be able to take things for free, if, you know, that, that kind of thing. Um, I wasn't ever big into you know, someone giving me $20,000 if I'm Zion Williamson, but um, I, don't know. I don't know what you think about that. No, I mean, I think that, you know, there's definitely a moving chart on, you know, what what monetary value each and every player gets, you know. You're thinking that mm-hmm. guy in the one through five, you know, they definitely should be getting paid a lot more money. Um, mm-hmm. 
than you know a guy eight nine or ten you know especially you think about the I say this use this example all the time you think about that big Budweiser lettering at the top of that uh, scoreboard in the dome and it's all around there mm-hmm. you know how much money they get to be one one of two on campus alcohol sellers in the nation stadium and Mm -hmm. uh, what are you guys still averaging 28,000 people a game 26,000 yeah yeah Yeah, something like that i think how many labat blues and bud lights are being sold at five yeah eight dollars maybe now at a stadium pricing 12 dollars maybe 12 dollars a beer Ten thousand beers Mm -hmm. and who's seeing that money and that's how many games over the years 25 games right. times 100,000 or 200,000 in beer alcohol sales. And now they also have the 44 mm. Club, which has uh, liquor right. sales, which you could probably, they're probably charging 25 yeah. uh, for, a, for a kettle and a uh, soda. I mean, yeah. You know, it, yeah. it's again, it's who should be seeing that money. And I mean, mm-hmm. the, the college system is just, it's, it's way too bureaucratic and way too many right. administration overhead. And that's not just in those, mm-hmm. the athletic right. programs. That's, you know, all around mm-hmm. the, the campus itself. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't know I, what it was like when you were there. Uh, I don't know what it was like when you were there, but we get like, I've been on scholarship the past two years. I know you were on scholarship for three, three years at three or four years, I think three or four. Um, yeah. Um, so like we get monthly checks. Um, so like I would get a check. Um, mine was more because I was a graduate student. Um, uh, but I would get a check for $2,600 every month. Now, is that in grant um, money, or is that because of you know your monthly uh, money they would give you towards your meal card to get food that you could transfer over to the card? It was just, it was just a check that you could use for whatever you wanted. Um, they didn't give us like the, they didn't give us like the. Uh, it was like the grant, um, the grant money, but they didn't give us any money on the super card, like the meal card. Um, and then it just, just depends. Some, I think the freshmen got like fifteen hundred a month. Um, Mine was more because I was a graduate student and then I had to pay my rent for it. Um, so mine would be like sixteen or 1700 a month. Um, but that's a lot of money, you know, for an 18, 19-year-old kid. Well, I mean, that is, again, that grant money, you know, is either going to your pocket or is going towards your education. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I know they work yeah. that deal out. You know, if you're going to be staying off campus or you're going to be staying in one of the, mm-hmm. you know, what I forgot what those other South Campus apartments are. I don't know where you live, but yeah. The, uh, you know, that money goes back towards your rent. It's not necessarily, you know, you're right. paying for that housing if you were a regular student. You mm-hmm. know, we're talking about right. money like a job, you know, paid mm-hmm. f- paid for performance, just like the coaching mm-hmm. staff is, just like the mm-hmm. faculty is, just like even down to the janitor. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Sue is still there. Sue's right. still working there? Sue retired two years ago, I think. God bless you. She retired and moved moved to florida or wherever but i was with sue for three years i think good for sue love that lady but it's saying yeah everybody on the campus is paid for by performance you know we're not doing mm-hmm. regular stuff like other students are you know we're out there mm-hmm. doing a job right. and if we don't do our job we could lose our scholarship we could lose our position you could right lose job right coach gets fired luckily you know we got a, a coach who's been there forever and doesn't want to leave yeah um mm-hmm. you know so your job's kind of safe, but you know, it's still job security, you know? So it's like, right. Well, what security do we have that these organizations are going to have? Cause they got pl- players constantly coming in and it's a monopoly, which happens way mm-hmm. too much in America. We're seeing that with other corporations and big business that mm-hmm. everybody else is being squeezed out and there's no other competition coming from individuals. And if it's all about accessibility, right. 
you know, why don't we have more leagues that could potentially exist? The only reason we don't have all these things is because <laughs> these people want to control how much money they can make. It's a, big, right. it's a bigger question, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bigger question that a lot of people who, you know, may have, um, you know, been uh, stereotyped or not uh, get had access to marketplaces before in the past, you know, whether it was because of the color of your skin, mm-hmm. your sex, I mean, but, you know, everybody is feeling that little stranglehold now because, you know, power right. has been so pushed and leveraged towards um, such a small group of people, you know, mm-hmm. the NCAA, the billion dollar organization. Right. This is a private organization for education. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like I said, it's in what people, I think you've experienced this as an athlete. And I Mm -hmm. think uh, we, we, a lot of us athletes learn the hard way is Mm -hmm. we don't understand our value. We don't understand the business side. And I don't think we're Mm -hmm. taught that business side, especially because we don't go into these college atmospheres, being able to negotiate and being able to demand more. Right. So, you know, that people should never forget, like, hey, you have value, especially if you're an athlete and you're coming in mm-hmm. there, you should always demand for more. You should always ask for more. And that doesn't mean mm-hmm. that means everybody around everything. Always ask for more. If you don't ask, you don't get. And if you don't go out and demand, right. you're never going to get it. So mm-hmm. that's, that's just my take on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But what is uh, – is there anything going on in terms of uh, at Cuse, you know, helping these guys promote themselves and market themselves as individuals and brands at all? Is um, there's like there, – there will be some courses and stuff that you can that you can sit down on and, and little seminars and things like that um, that they'll have for athletes. But um, not too much. Um, uh, not really. I'm sure there will be more now that – you know, the rule is getting changed soon where you can make money off your likeness. I'm sure they'll have a whole, whole things on how you can benefit, you know, from that. Um, but unfortunately I won't, I won't be there at that time. So, uh, I mean, just more of a chance for me to go back. You know, it's something I've always wanted yeah. to do is, 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 um, you know, once you're older, you know, you wouldn't say learn from your mistakes, but you know, you, you see the things, the, the missed opportunities or the opportunities you've mm-hmm. seized upon. And I, right. I think that is, you know, a big thing that um, I think our program could do a lot better job of um, mm-hmm. because we're such a pro-style program. But, you know, it's not just sports now. It's not just being able to get out there and get your shots up. You've mm-hmm. got to be able to have a backup plan. You've got to be able to work on something. Um, mm-hmm. And I think a lot more of our alumni especially could be coming back there and doing stuff like that. You know, and mm-hmm. I'm not calling anybody up. I haven't been back as much or, you know, helped with yeah. all these guys. but. Um, mm-hmm. I th- what I'm going to be doing, and I'm going to offer this to you right here on the air, is podcast scholarships to five college athletes. I know you were asking mm-hmm. me about getting in the podcast game. I did. Uh, so you got your first offer, podcast scholarship. Whatever you want to know, you want to get on a phone call, help you get set up, help you get established. Mm-hmm. I'm there to get you your feet off the ground and get you moving in the direction of launching the show. So. You are the love class. that. You are number one, even though you're awesome. Are you graduated now? Or are you still a grad assistant? Uh, no, I'm done. I'm done. I'll, I'll make an exception. You're my one. You're because you're still technically in school. We'll say so. My first All college right. podcast scholarship is for you. Sounds good. Appreciate I mean, it. What do you want to podcast about, by the way? Uh, man, just 
a lot of basketball talk, a lot of motivation. Um, I feel like kids nowadays, they don't work as hard as they ha- they need to. Um, so I was kind of just starting a podcast about some of my experiences, you know, in college and, and with these NBA guys, just little things like that. Um, so hopefully, hopefully I can get started. Sweet, sweet. Um, guest on the show, are you going to be solo? How do you want to make it work? Uh, first episode solo, just a little intro, and then from there on probably have some guests, things like that. Um, so, yeah, that's my plan. Sweet, sweet. You're going to do a video version? You're going to have uh, people over the phone? We're going to be doing it like this? That's what I was going to ask, ask you about that. You have the Apple Podcast version. And and this version where do you where you put this on YouTube or where do you put this? So yeah, this one's live on YouTube right now. So we're gonna be able to take live on video. YouTube. Yeah, so people can be watching while we're streaming this. Probably a ten second delay mm-hmm. on everything. Yeah. But you know, someone could be tuning in and watching all this stuff right. as we speak, and then right. it'll be you know uploaded to the channel immediately after. Uh-huh. But yes, uh-huh. there's also the digestible strictly audible versions where you're just getting the right. video where you see that on Apple podcast, Spotify, mm-hmm. iHeart. So, you know, mm-hmm. that's what I offer as my business. What I've been doing is, you know, and I got a show after this for, um, a gym in LA who I host a podcast mm-hmm. for and I manage and produce mm-hmm. that with them that, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a really unique way to get in touch with an audience because, you know, right. as much as you've, uh, and what I've learned stat wise is, you know, mm-hmm. 33% last I read is, you know, the, of the population probably in the U S listens to podcasts. And another interesting mm-hmm. stat is that probably 33% of our population has a college degree and has graduated. So I think there's definitely a correlation between yeah. a college education and actually, uh, going off listening to podcasts. And I'm not saying that's exclusive. I'm mm-hmm. sure there's other exceptions. Um, but right. you know, it, it's still such a big new field. It's a really, really big way to continue to tap into, um, an audience, mm-hmm. or like I said, if you want, it, it's great for a business in terms of like, mm-hmm. if there's something you want to be selling, if there's something you want to be promoting, whether it's your, you know, your coaching ability, your knowledge, mm-hmm. the value you provide, you know, there, there's nothing wrong with people getting that. And then, you know, mm-hmm. just a, a big, a more bigger chance for you to get your audience and you get your voice out there. To right. The so yeah. Um, you know, most people still, I think it's like 90-something percent consume their stuff on Apple because Apple has that native mm-hmm. podcast app. You have that little purple microphone yeah. with the wind right, going right. out. So, uh-huh. I mean, we'll still get your show up everywhere and make sure, mm-hmm. you know, if someone's got it on Google Podcasts, they can listen to it on their Android or SoundCloud mm-hmm. um, yeah. and Spotify as well. And, yeah, it's just a simple upload to a server. And once we get it on that server, mm-hmm. it sends it out. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, man. Well, I'm, awesome. ex- I'm excited to get you started. I'm uh, excited enough. Yeah, to podcast yeah, me too. <laughs> awesome. What podcast do you listen to, actually, uh, on your own time? Um, I listen to a lot of the JJ Wright podcasts. Okay. He's good. Yeah. Uh, the Woj Pod um, with Adrian Wojnarowski. Um, those are the big two. Those are the main two I listen to. Um, just cause I'm big, obviously a big basketball fan and, and they talk a lot of hoops. Um, no, man, it, it's great that, yeah. uh, you know, again, I mean, you have two solid basketball minds. JJ Reddick is as a pretty talk radio Rogan style show where it's not, you know, going to be exclusively mm-hmm. basketball. Yeah. Um, and Joe Rogan forgot about him. 
big, yeah. big Rogan podcast guy, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. And Rogan's great. I kind of model my show yeah. kind of around that, mm-hmm. you know, where, um, you know, and I think it's so decentralized that what he does is so great that he has such a wide range of guests on the show where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I don't want to listen to episode 1432. But, you know, oh, man, Robert yeah. Patrick show just came yeah. out and they're going to be talking about uh, biology, human biology um, and new studies done with COVID and how it's impact on the um, cellular system in terms of uh, mm-hmm. glucose resistance. Like, oh, man. That's got my name written yeah. over it right there. I'm listening to that shit. Right. So I mean, I mean, I uh, I want the same thing to be having me. You know, I got a biologist on the last episode. Um, it's just you can never put out enough uh, valuable information from. Um, I think that's such a big mm-hmm. thing going on these days that mm-hmm. um, so much of our parents and older generation, they're just like, yeah, yeah. There's too much information out there for me, man. I don't know what's right and what's wrong right. anymore. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's crazy to think about you know it's, <laughs> I consume so much content but I don't know hope I ever never get to that point where as best I put it is, is this is like a jelly your brain's a donut and you, you're squeezing all mm-hmm. the jelly into it but once you get to a point you can't put any more jelly in there and when right. the jelly's in there that's the jelly that that your brain knows for the rest of your time and it ain't gonna change mm-hmm. you can't put new stuff in there yeah scary thought man scary it thought. is it is Especially when you get into Alzheimer's and dementia and just like, mm-hmm. oh, man, even even everything that's there can't be accessed anymore. Right. <sighs> Mind-blowing. Crazy. Mind-blowing. Yeah, it is. It really is. Did you have any uh, injuries at Cuse? Or did you have any injuries at all? Um, I did. I broke my thumb in practice um, really bad my my sophomore year. Uh, I had to get surgery like the next day. It was actually like broke it in two. You had a coach um, injury. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, and I think that's it. You know, you get your ankle sprains every every couple weeks. But besides from that, those two, I think that was it. Hmm. No, so. of, of all things, man, that's one thing I've uh, working on my ankle mobility. Um, mm-hmm. I've been able to uh, to avoid ankle sprains. I, even, yeah, I know, see you on the stretch board all the time on hey, your on your Instagram. Shout out to Ryan Cavillas and Brad Pike. Yeah, getting getting me on the stretch board. Um, yeah, that was one of the best things I took away from uh, you know these performance. Those guys taught me so much. I mean. You know, mm-hmm. all, all the players who come in there, you know, and kudos to Coach Beheim for making sure those two guys are locked down and working with the program because mm-hmm. Brad and uh, Ryan are the best. Yeah, they're the best. Take, yeah, take, they're really, really great. Taking care of us. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I even remember I went to Ryan uh, in senior year. I ran a four three eight forty. We uh, yeah. We did a diagonal measurement across the, the Mellow Center courts to 40 yards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unofficial four three eight. I couldn't believe it. But I'm like Ryan. I, I want to run faster. What 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 else can we do? <laughs> yeah, like, dude, get away from me, man. Stop. You, yeah, get out of the gym. You train too much. <laughs> yeah, get, yeah, get out of here. Um, but no, man, those guys are great, and that 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 mellow. Yeah, they're great. Is a beautiful center. I mean, what mm-hmm. you're gonna you're gonna learn this the hard way too, man. Once I uh, mm-hmm. I went to play in Israel first. Mm-hmm. And this is, you know, just three months after leaving Cuse. And I'm over there, and I think I tweak my hip flexor. I, I can't remember if it was the hip flexor or groin. 
and I get hurt, and it's like, oh man, okay, guys, I need some ice, and I'm gonna need uh, you know some ibuprofen, and it's like, yeah, you're gonna have to get that yourself, and I'm like, yeah, what? <laughs> and yeah, it's like, oh man, oh man, this is not the Mellow Center anymore. Yeah, not anymore. I'm not gonna be able. To I don't know if you've it. seen. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the new locker room yet. They they redid the locker room uh, in the Mellow Center. It's it's nice. Real nice. I can't remember. Last time I was there was two years ago, two summers ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the, it wasn't done then. It, with the TBT team. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, we're we're still lucky to have that center. I mean, I, yeah. I know uh, it's got to be tough pickings for a lot of other guys and a lot of other programs who don't get that court. The, right. The court. Yeah, the training center. Underwater treadmills, like. Right. Hot tub, cold tub, everything you need. Ah, man, yeah. Trust me, man, you're going to miss it. You better find a good gym wherever I you know. live or where you move to. hope so. Have you decided you're going to move anywhere? Are you going to stay in, uh, you're in New Jersey or you're going to stay there? Um, not sure. Not sure yet. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Make a decision real soon. So. Yeah, man. Talk about post-college and coming to that realization. Because I remember mm-hmm. when we lost to Ohio State my senior year. Mm-hmm. I put myself yeah. in your shoes. Mm-hmm. And you know, first of all, I was so mad we lost. Like we had such a good team, and then we didn't have Fab in that tournament. Such a good team, yeah. One yeah. of the deepest Syracuse teams ever. And ever, yeah. Would have been a national championship if, if Fab played easily. <sighs> God it's, damn it, Fab! God damn it. Um, we uh, but I remember sitting on the bench. We were in Boston Fleet Center, and just like that realization, like college is over because basketball is mm-hmm. everything but you were in that moment and you we realized oh, we're, we we can't we pull this game out anymore and for me it was yeah. like i barely ever cry i'm the fucking biggest hard ass ever and i am i'm fighting back tears like brandon you are not right. crying on cbs on mm-hmm. the end of the bench that they're gonna pan over to this little white point guard on the side and you're gonna right. get, you're gonna be memed out of like hold your fucking yeah crying. Um, so it's gotta be nuts, man, going with, you know, you know, take it outside of basketball. I mean, just life in general mm-hmm. for you being a college kid, mm-hmm. this pandemic hits, man. You know, how, how are you right. feeling about this? How uncertain is your future right now? Uh, it's difficult just cause, uh, you know, nobody's, nobody's hiring. If you want to go out and get a job, not just me, just anybody. If you're any college student now that, that just graduated, it's such a tough time because so many people you know these organizations, there's just not enough jobs for everybody. Um, so it's a crazy time, especially, um, for, for kids my age looking for jobs right now. Um, where are you guys looking? Yeah. Not where are you looking for jobs. Where, where did, where are the new college? Uh, well, I'm, I'm, I don't know about like kids my age or like kids, like I've graduated with, um, but I've been talking to a lot of NBA teams and stuff like that. Um, so I might, I might join an NBA team organization and, and do some stuff with them, or I might just try and start my own basketball business. Um, so I'm either going to do one of those two things. Um, so I'm unsure yet, but we'll see. Uh, I'll have to make a decision real soon. Man, yeah, if I can give a word of advice, I think you should still have, uh, you should still create your own business. You should, uh, yeah. you know, like I said, you know, you have a, you have a new podcast coming out now. A new right. podcast that's, you know, yeah. um, going to give you a new insight look to you, you know, your business. And, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. you have a, a shoe in with the training, you know, and the, right. uh, the network and, you know, your experiences. So I think mm-hmm. you, should, you should definitely follow that path. I think, um, 
a lot of people are steered away from that path because, right? you know, I, I again, another thing I learned from the game too, man, especially going in from playing sports to mm-hmm. content creation, it's like, oh shit, I was an artist then trying to get picked up by a team for my skills and mm-hmm. talent and now I'm trying to make this stuff in order for it to get picked up and designing mm-hmm. it and editing it and cutting it up for, you know, whether it's a news corporation or for myself or for a business or brand, like, man, it's a, it's a hustle and a struggle, but you know, the independence that you can create for yourself, especially when, you know, you have the Isaiah Thomas to say, Hey, Sean, I need you out here in China with me. And it's like, okay, I got my own business. I don't got to be anywhere. I don't got to do that. But at the same time, you know, that security with a, you know, a security with a contract is, you know, Mm-hmm. a whole other world but I mean I mean a lot of people in your uh, you know just recently graduated are you considered a millennial or a Gen Zer? Uh, not sure <laughs> I don't know one the of time the, one of the but yeah. Uh, yeah man I mean I spoke about it with you before I mean d- mm-hmm. getting these guys accused to develop their own brand or you know trying to pursue something that they may like um, I think it's so important for a lot of these basketball players man because we we only we're so limited because we focus so right. hard on basketball exactly. and sports. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, man, I, I think you should totally continue to do that, whether you're developing, you know, basketball skills program, mm-hmm. selling it. Like, yeah. I know it came into a, yeah. <laughs> a consulting uh, a podcast. Right. I, I think you, you got to pursue it, man. I was lucky enough that I had an older brother that, that kind of went through the same process. So, you know, Kevin was – hounded me since ever since I was a sophomore. Hey, you, you know, you got to start thinking about what you're going to do after school. Um, so I kind of had a, an early advantage of over some of my buddies, but, um, but if I didn't have him, I, I wouldn't have started to, you know, think about what life after Syracuse basketball was going to be until a few months ago. Um, but lucky, lucky enough, I was, I had a jump start on it. Um, so, you know, all credit, all credit to Kevin. Um, he really helped me out with, you know, what I wanted to do. Yeah, Kevin. We don't call him Kevin. We call him Belby. I don't know if you ever heard that name. Before. Belbs. Yeah, but I'm I'm the I'm the Belbs now. I'm the Belbs now in the Syracuse basketball program now. <laughs> uh, so. No, the Kev's great. I talked to him the other day about uh, there's another podcast position networking thing opening up somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. No, but he's great. I mean, I know he's uh, doing great, especially with uh, the talent management in the sports entertainment side. I know he was asking right. about a few. Uh, a few people, a few other college athletes who went over into that space. Um, he was asking mm-hmm. about them. So I don't actually know if they were working together now, but um, she's a former soccer player at American and then UF. And she mm-hmm. calls the games for the Orioles now. So she's got like a solid okay. position, Sarah Perlman. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. But yo, man, um, I think we are going to wrap it up and wind down. Sounds yeah. good. Um, awesome. Pumped to offer you the first podcast scholarship program. But before I go off into signing off on the program, please let people know where they can find you, where they can uh, um, connect with you, whether it's uh, looking for basketball drills, uh, Mm -hmm. basketball training, or basketball consulting, man, or even people Mm -hmm. looking for uh, hiring a young guy like yourself, man. Put your pitch out there, man. Uh, My Twitter, uh, Twitter at Sean Belby. Instagram at Sean underscore Belby. Um, I'm on my social media a lot. Um, and unlike a lot of other, you know, college basketball players, I respond to all my comments, all my DMS. 
Um, so if you know, anyone out there wants to get in touch with me, just DM me and, uh, I'm sure I'll get back to you, you know, when, as soon as I can. Um, so I really appreciate it. No, no problem, man. I'm happy to have you on the shelf. Going to be uh, super happy to get you on again. Just excited to get you on the podcast, Airways, man. It's, yeah, uh, definitely. It's a big step and it's a learning experience. And mm-hmm. thank you to everybody who tuned into the episode. If you're watching this live right now on YouTube, welcome on the bus. Welcome to the bus driver experience. Go ahead, subscribe to the show for future shows. I don't need you to like and comment on all that stuff, but if you want to connect to the basketball people, I know we've had a lot of basketball shows that just happened. I got... Not a basketball player on Monday. We have a uh, the guy from um, the Institute of I don't know exactly what his thing is, but he is a intellectual dude. He's coming on the show Monday, and I got Renzo Onuaku, former SU basketball player, coming on Wednesday. We got a lot of Syracuse people on this show recently. I'm going to diversify it up, but mm-hmm. go back and check out the old episodes of the podcast. We have Olympians, we have professional athletes, we got scientists doctors carnivores you name it porn stars they're on the show we're talking to amazing people doing interesting things so if you want to learn about the world other jobs what people are doing go and check out those shows and there's other video experiences on the channel as well massive thank you to sean go and check out sean's page be on the lookout for his podcast coming up and yeah man whatever you want to do out there today go out there and take the first step to doing it Quit playing games. You want to learn to run, start moving your feet and jogging. You want to learn how to podcast, go message someone and ask them how to do it. That's the first step. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in. The bus is out. Cheers. Quit is the moment uh, for those who...